Chapter Thirty of Kate Bonnet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. Kate Bonnet by Frank R. Stockton. Chapter Thirty Dame Charter Makes a Friend. Captain Ichabod was in a high feather. He whistled he sang, and he kept his men cleaning things. All that he could do for the comfort of his passengers he did, even going so far as to drop as many of his bedads as possible. Whenever he had an opportunity, and these came frequently, he talked to Mr. Delaplaine, addressing a word or two to Kate if he thought she looked gracious. For the first day or two Dame Charter kept below. She was afraid of the men, and did not even want to look at them, if she could help it. "'But the good woman's all wrong,' said Captain Ichabod to Mr. Delaplaine. "'My men would not hurt her. They're not the most tremendous kind of pirates, anyway, for I could not afford that sort.' I have often thought that I could make more profitable voyages if I had a savager lot of men. I'll tell you, sir, we once tried to board a big Spanish galleon, and the beastly foreigners beat us off, bedad, and we had a hard time of it getting away. There are three or four good fellows in the crew, tough old rascals who came with the sloop when I bought her. "'but most of my men are but poor knaves, "'and not to be afraid of.' "'This comfort Mr. Delaplaine kept to himself, "'and on the second day out, "'the food which was served to him "'being most wretchedly cooked, "'Dame Charter ventured into the galley "'to see if she could do anything "'in the way of improvement. "'I think you may eat this,' she said "'when she returned to Kate. "'But I don't think that "'Anything on board is fit for you. "'When I went to the kitchen, "'I came near dropping dead right in the doorway. "'That cook, Mistress Kate, "'is the most terrible creature "'of all the pirates that ever were born. "'His eyes are blistering green, "'and his beard is all twisted into points, "'with the ends stuck fast with blood, "'which has never been washed off. "'He roars like a lion, "'with shining teeth,' "'But he speaks very fair, Mistress Kate. "'You would be amazed to hear how fair he speaks. "'He told me, and every word he said "'set my teeth on edge with its grating, "'that he wanted to know how I liked the meals cooked, "'that he would do it right "'if there were things on board to do it with, "'which there are not, Mistress Kate.' "'And when he was beaten up the batter for me, "'and I asked him if he was not tired,' "'Working so hard, he pulled up his sleeve and showed me his arm, "'which was like a horse's leg, all covered with hair, "'and asked me if I thought it was likely he could tear himself with a spoon. "'I'm sure he would give us better food if he could, "'for he leaned over and whispered to me, "'like a gust of wind coming in through the door, "'that the captain was in a very hard case, "'having lately lost everything he had, at the gaming-table, and therefore had not the money to store the ship, as he would have done. "'Oh, don't talk about that, Dame Charter,' 
said Kate. If we can get enough to eat, no matter what it is, we must be satisfied and think only of our great joy in sailing to my father and to your dickory. That afternoon Captain Ichabod found Kate by herself on deck, and he made bold to sit down by her, and before he knew what he was about, he was telling her his whole story. She listened carefully to what he said. He touched but lightly upon his wickedness, although they were plain enough to any listener of sense, and bemoaned his fearful passion for gaming, which was sure to bring him to misery one day or another. "'When I have staked my vessel and have lost it,' said he, "'then there will be an end of me.' "'But why don't you sell your vessel before you lose it?' said Kate, "'and become a farmer.' His eyes brightened. "'I never thought of that,' said he. "'But, Dad, excuse me, miss. "'Some day when I've got a little together and can pay my men, "'I'll sell this sloop and buy a farm, but, Dad, "'I beg your pardon, miss. I'll buy a farm.' Kate smiled, but it was easy to see that Captain Ichabod was in earnest. The next day Captain Ichabod came to Mr. Delaplaine, and took him to one side. "'I want to speak to you,' he said, "'about a bit of business. "'You may have noticed, sir, "'that we are somewhat short of provisions, "'and the way of it is this. "'The night before we sailed, "'hoping to make a bold stroke at the card-table "'and thereby fit out my vessel "'in a manner suitable to the entertainment "'of a gentleman and ladies, "'I lost every penny I had.' I did hope that our provisions would last us a few days longer, but I am disappointed, sir. That cook of mine, who is a soft-hearted fellow, his neck always ready for a heel of a woman, has thrown overboard even the very stores we had left for you, the good dame Charter having told him they were not fit to eat. And more, sir, even my men are grumbling." So I thought I would speak to you and explain that it would be necessary for us to overhaul a merchant man and replenish our food supply. It can be done very quietly, sir, and I don't think that even the ladies need be disturbed. Mr. Delaplaine stared in amazement. Do you mean to say, he exclaimed, that you want me to consent to your committing piracy for our benefit? Yes, sir answered the captain. That's what I suppose you would call it, but that's my business. Now, sir, I wish you to know that I am a Christian and a gentleman, said Mr. Delaplaine. That's all very true, bedad, said Captain Ichabod, but you're also another thing. You're a human being, and you must eat. This is terrible, exclaimed the merchant that at my time of life I should consent to a felony at sea, and to profit by it. I cannot bear to think of the wickedness and the disgrace of it. Most respected sir, said Ichabod, if the fellows behave themselves properly and don't offer to fight us, then there'll be no wickedness, bedad. I can make a good enough show of men to frighten any ordinary merchant crew so that not a blow need be struck, and that is what I expect to do, sir. I would not have any disturbance before ladies. 
You may be sure of that, bedad. We bear down upon a vessel. We order her to surrender. We take what we want, and we let her go. Truly, there's no wickedness in that. And as for the disgrace, we can all better bear that than starve. Mr. Delaplaine looked at the pirate without a word. He could not comprehend how a man with such a frank and honest face could thus avow his dishonest principles. But as he gazed and wondered, the thought of a scheme flashed across the mind of the merchant, a thoroughly businesslike scheme. This bold young pirate captain might seize upon such supplies as they were in need of, but he, Felix Delaplaine, of Spanish Town, Jamaica, would pay for them. Thus might their necessities be relieved, and their consciences kept clean. But he said nothing of this to Ichabod. The pirate might deem such a proceeding unprofessional and interpose some objection. Payment would be the merchant's part of the business, and he would attend to it himself. A look of resignation now came over Mr. Delaplaine's face. "'Captain,' said he, "'I must yield to your reason.' It is absolutely necessary that we shall not starve. Ichabod's face shone, and he held out his hand. Bedad, sir, he cried, I honor you as a bold gentleman and a kind one. I will instantly lay my course somewhat to the eastward. And I promise you, sir, it will not be long before we run across some of these merchant fellows. I beg you, sir, speak to your ladies and tell them that there will be no unpleasant commotion. We may draw our swords and make a fierce show, but, bedad, I don't believe there will be any fighting. We shall want so little, for I would not attempt to take a regular prize with ladies on board, that the fellows will surely deliver what we demand, the quicker to make an end of it. "'If you are perfectly sure,' said Mr. Delaplaine, "'that you can restrain your men from violence, "'I would like to be a member of your boarding party. "'It would be a rare experience for me.' "'Now Captain Ichabod fairly shouted with delight. "'Bravo! Bravo!' he exclaimed. "'I didn't dream, sir, that you were a man of such noble spirit. "'You shall go with us, sir.' Your presence will aid greatly in making our hoped-for capture a most orderly affair. No one can look upon you, bedad, without knowing that you are a high-minded and honorable man, and would not take a box or case from any one if you did not need it. Now, sir, we shall put about, and by good fortune we may soon sight a merchantman, even if it be but a coastwise trader. It may serve our purpose. Mr. Delaplaine, with something of a smile upon his sedate face, hurried to Kate, who was upon the quarter-deck. My dear, we are about to introduce a little variety into our dull lives. As soon as we can overhaul a merchant man, we shall commit a piracy. But don't turn pale. I have arranged it all. You! exclaimed the wide-eyed Kate. Yes, said her uncle, and he told her his tale. And remember this, my dear, he added, 
If we cannot pay, we do not eat. I shall be as relentless as the bloody Blackbeard. If they take not my money, I shall swear to Ichabod that we touch not their goods. And you are sure, she said, that there will be no bloodshed? I vouch for that, said he, for I shall lead the boarding party. She took him by both hands. Why, she said, it need be no more than laying in goods from a storehouse, and I cannot but be glad, dear uncle, for I am so very, very hungry. Now Dame Charter came running and puffing. Do you know, she cried, that there is to be a piracy? The word has just been passed, and the cook told me. There is to be no bloodshed, and the other ship will not be burned, and the people will not be made to walk a plank. The captain has given those orders, and he is very firm, swearing, I am told, much more than is his wont. It is dreadful, it is awful, just to think about. But the provisions are gone, and it is absolutely necessary to do something and it will really be very exciting. The cook tells me he will put me in a good place where I cannot be hurt, and where I shall see everything. And, Mistress Kate and Master Delaplaine, I dare say he can take care of you too. Kate looked at her uncle as if to ask if she might tell the good woman what sort of piracy this was to be, but he shook his head. It would not do to interfere any more than was necessary with the regular progress of events. The captain came up, excited. "'Even now, bedad,' he cried, "'there are two sails in sight, one far north and the other to the eastward, beating up this way. This one we shall make for. We have the wind with us, which is a good thing, for the restless is a bad sailor.' and has lost many a prize through that fault. And now, miss, he said, addressing Kate, I shall have to ask your leave to take down that English flag and run up our jolly Roger. It will be necessary, for if the fellows fear not our long guns, they may change their course and get away from us. That will be right, said Kate. If we are going to be pirates, we might as well be pirates out and out. Captain Ichabod glowed with delight. What a girl this was, and what an uncle! It was not long, for the restless had a fair wind, before the sail to the eastward came fully into sight. She was, in good truth, a merchantman, and not a large one. Dame Charter, very much excited, wondered what she would have on board. The cook tells me, she said to Kate, that sometimes ships from the other side of the ocean carry the most astonishing and beautiful things. "'But we shall not see these things,' said Kate, "'even if that ship carries them. "'We shall take but food, "'and shall not unnecessarily despoil them of that. "'We may be pirates, but we shall not be wicked.' "'It is hard to see the difference,' said Dame Charter with a sigh. "'But we must eat.' The cook tells me that they have made peaceful prizes before now. This they do when they want some particular thing. 
such as food or money, and care not for the trouble of stripping the ship, putting all on board to death, and then setting her afire. The cook never does any boarding himself, so he says, but he stands on the deck here, armed with his great axe, which likes him better than a cutlass, and no matter what happens, he defends his kitchen. From his looks, said Kate, I should imagine him to be the fiercest fighter among them all. That is not so, said Dame Charter. He tells me that he is of a very peaceable mind, and would never engage in any broils or fights if he could help it. Look, look, she cried. They're running out their long brass guns. And do you see that other ship? How her sails are fluttering in the wind? And there, that little spot at the top of her mast, that's her flag, and it's coming down. Down, down it comes, and I must run to the cook and ask him what will happen next. End of chapter 30 Recording by Meg Turasek.